Is Hawkeye still the worst Avenger? We answered that question and more this week on Only Stupid Answers. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to Only Stupid Answers. This is a show where we answer your questions about movies, TV shows, comic books, Hawkeyes, and Cantos, and more. I am DJ Wooldridge, and with me, as always, is uh, the uh, Roxy Stryer on the road. Ooh, the roadie Roxy. <laughs> roadie Roxy. I feel like roadie has a, a weird connotation, though, so I take it back. I prefer what you said. I'm Roxy Stryer on the road. I wonder, you know, because I felt the same way, but then I tried to think about what the, and it's like, well, you just help the band, right? You just, the, the roadie's just the one that helps the band? I think that, what is, what am I thinking of? Kate, it's almost famous. It kinda, groupie? I, yeah, are, are, um, we, are we conflating roadie with groupie? Is that what's happening? No, the roadies really do like the tech stuff, right? Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, you're on the road. Point is, you're on the road. You're traveling. But guess what? You are making time to talk about uh, Hawkeye and Encanto for Thanksgiving. Yeah, I am. Mm-hmm. If you're mm-hmm. listening to this uh, podcast normally, it is post-Thanksgiving. If you uh, are listening to this on Patreon, uh, which you can listen to these episodes early on patreon.com slash answers, you're probably listening to this like on or around Thanksgiving. So wow. happy Thanksgiving. Yeah, I hope that you guys are all spending time with your loved ones. And for those of you guys who couldn't this year because of the panini, which is now how I exclusively refer to the pandemic because it's a lot more fun and I refuse to call it anything else, um, or just because it wasn't the year to do so. And if the holidays are a little tough for you, we're your friends. We're here. There it is. So before we get going, Roxy, is there something in particular that you are thankful for right at this second? Or just in general, in life, is there? I know, obviously, like you said, it's not. It's been a, it's been a dodgy two years. But is there something on the top of your brain that you're thankful for? Gosh, there's so many. Um, I was just talking to you about this, like the fact that I can work from here. Uh, that's like a crazy new revelation, or work mm-hmm. from wherever you have to work from. But really, it comes down to obviously my family. Every time I come back here, I'm like, oh yeah, I am loved. <laughs> I'm not alone. Yeah. Uh, cause you know, out, out there you've got your, your fam and, but I, I'm like on a solo journey all the time. And yeah. so when I come back home, I'm like, Oh, right. People like me <laughs> and they like care about me. And it's just a weird, like, thank goodness. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. So it's always nice. Everybody in the chat or the social medias remind that remind Roxy that she is loved. Go out there. Yeah. It's yeah. I feel so needy. <laughs> It's needy, but like, you know, when you come it's back not, here, and it's, it's not, it's not, it's like, totally you don't like my dad, I'm saying my dad, he'll bring me grapes into my room. Like he saw that I was working till 5am last night. So like, he was like, do you want me to bring you up food? And I was like, I do. I do want you to bring me up food. Thank you. Well, uh, what so, about you, DJ? similar to you, um, obviously, I also just saw my family recently, and I'm very thankful for them. I'm very thankful for my wife. Um, and, uh, you know, because things have been challenging. Uh, all, of the, all of them have been very supportive. I'm thankful for you for doing this show uh, with me in the past past year or plus, year plus. Um, specifically in the in this this specific arrangement, obviously you've been part of the show significantly longer than just that. How long? I mean, it, I, it depends on when we started Super TV. Yeah, uh, it, it depends. Like, so I've been doing this show for about five and a half, almost six years now. So at whatever point in that run we started Super TV, which I feel like is earlier than I remember it being. So like five ish years. You know what popped up the other day on my you know how your phone reminds you about memories yeah was the whatever that amazing was your 100th episode your 500th episode i don't even know what whatever um, that was that was such a amazing event that you guys included me and that was awesome anyway we're on what you're thankful for but yes well and again thankful for this the show and the fans and and the fact that we've been able to do this for so long our 200th episode was actually during the pandemic so we didn't uh, we didn't quite do the same thing, understandably. Good party, <laughs> yeah. Panini. Go Panini! But listen, that's thanks. We're done with Thanksgiving now. Now it's on to Christmas. I don't know. I guess no. Wait, no. This works. Wait, it tracks. It tracks because Hawkeye is set during Christmas. Today we're talking about Hawkeye, the first two episodes, which mm-hmm. we got to see early. However, we're going to be doing spoilers because at this point, by the time this episode drops, the, those first two episodes will have dropped as well. 
So we'll do spoilers for those. But I also wanted to take a second to talk about Encanto, which is dropping during Thanksgiving, mostly because Rox and I really, really, really liked it. And so I just want to take a second to bask in us liking that. But before we do any of that, I'd like to remind you that you can listen to these shows early. Uh, uh, not so much at the, at the right this second because of the holidays, but we also do, uh, do these episodes live, which you can watch at patreon.com slash one stupid answers. You can also check out our Patreon exclusive show, Spider-Versity, that I do with Sal, where we're going through the Spider-Man movies in preparation for No Way Home. A uh, lot of love for that show, so that's been really exciting to see. Also, if you listen to this on Spotify, we ask a question every week. Um, Last week's episode was Ghostbusters Afterlife, and we asked, do you want more Ghostbusters sequels, or should they let the franchise pass on? And Xavier Thomas said, I've never seen a single Ghostbusters movie after this podcast, still no interest, LOL. Uh, (laughs) To be honest, I never understood the whole fandom of this franchise. Well, Xavier please do yourself a favor and watch the original. If you watch the original, I would imagine you'd immediately get it. It, it is yeah. genuinely shocking that we the, that beautiful, wonderful movie has not generated one good sequel. <laughs> holds up. It holds up. Uh, DJ, you and I, my friend, are so vastly in the minority on this new one. It is concerning. <laughs> I, I am just watching everybody who sees it. It's great. It's great. And you know what? I wish I was them. I'm jealous. Yeah, good for uh, yes, good for them for liking it. I was talking to somebody the other day. It's like, oh, he was there. It was their first time going back to the theaters. I'm like, oh, what did you see? And he's like, Ghostbusters. And my immediate reaction was, oh, why that one? And he's like, oh, I loved it. I'm like, good for you. <laughs> but I think if it had been my first movie in two years, I would have loved it too. Yeah, probably. <laughs> um, I, I do wonder because because obviously I've been trying to process in my brain like what what's going on, and I and I do wonder. You you mentioned this in our in our episode discussion. Is I I wonder how much of the heavy lifting is being done by like that last ten minutes. <laughs> I think a, a huge amount. Yes. Yeah. I think yeah, a yeah. huge amount. I was watching Yellowstone, which I'm binging right now, which I can talk to the people about at a different time. I've heard I've heard good things. It's amazing, okay. and that will be for sure what I'm into when I finish it. I'm on season two of four. Mm. It's it's excellent though, DJ. But one of the weird things about Paramount Plus is that it has commercials, yeah. unlike a lot of my other shirts. So all of a sudden I'm like, whoa. And they will not stop playing that thing that we watched before Ghostbusters with Jason Reitman. Oh, oh that's, really? That's a commercial during me watching Yellowstone. Every like 10 minutes, it's like Jason comes on. He's like, this is a family movie made by a family. And I'm like, stop saying this. <laughs> You're haunting me. It's weird that what we took as like a, a warning slash apology is apparently like a marketing tool. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like they are pushing that out. I was watching it and I was like, you know, to myself yeah. in my own place where I live by myself. Is anybody seeing this? <laughs> hey, hey, are you all seeing this? What? Oh my God. Well, you know, whatever. Um, let's talk about stuff we like. Uh, but before, yes. listen, before we talk about stuff we like, I do want to take a brief ad break. We're going to do a brief ad break um, to talk about other stuff we like because uh, they're paying us to. So, so go, go listen to that and we'll be right back. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. And we're back. Oh, my God. What a beautiful ad. Thank you, ads. Sure. Uh, um, what you're thankful for is, is ads. ads. It is weird whenever you because because when I visited my family, you know, we're watching their TV and their TV has oh so many ads. And it's just weird. That's like, oh, man, I've completely uh, excised this from my entire life. Like other than other than the 30 seconds I have to sit through between YouTube videos. This is, I don't deal with this anymore. <laughs> I know. I really don't. And it's so bizarre because I forget. And then all of a sudden I'm, I'm mad at Paramount because 
the, how entitled am I? Mm -hmm. like, how dare you show me what you want to show me while I'm watching this on my sister's account for free? So yeah, uh, how the, dare you? How dare you? Is this um? Uh, so you just said it was your sister's account, so you might not know. Is it is it is it like Hulu where there's an ad version, but if you pay a little extra, you get the non-ad version? Unsure. Usually on Hulu, when I because I do that, they say they keep reminding you. If you don't want to listen to these, upgrade. Paramount Plus hasn't said that one time. Mm. So you would think that they would verbalize that. But I also think that there's there's got to be ads, right? It's weird because Yellowstone is not a Paramount. Like, I feel like I'm watching it on Paramount via Peacock. I'm doing some weird thing. I'm not okay. sure. Okay. Well, I'm doing a legit thing, like a paid yeah. for thing. But yeah. I don't know how exactly it works a lot. Is there a crossover between those two streaming platforms? I don't know. I think Yellowstone is a Paramount Plus show. That's what I've heard is where people are watching it. And I was I was actually going to ask you if it if that and, and I'm uh, always interested in the Star Trek stuff they're doing over there. I'm wondering if those two combined makes it worth getting a Paramount Plus. What is Discovery? Uh, the um, Star Trek, the new Star Trek show. No, no. Oh, what is Discovery? Discovery, Discovery Plus. Oh, Discovery Plus is the Discovery channel. Is the is okay? The, so that yeah. has nothing to do. Okay, okay. Yeah, as far as I know, I know, I know. My parents ditched Paramount Plus for Discovery Plus because oh. they like watching the. I think it's like History Channel and stuff like that. Scandalous. I know. I know. <laughs> uh, drama over there. Uh, but anyway, you know what's not on any of those networks, but will be on Disney Plus. Eventually, but it's coming to theaters like now-ish, is Encanto, which uh, we got a chance to see uh, early. Uh, the synopsis is a young Colombian girl has to face the frustration of being the only member of her family without magical powers. Currently, it has a 94% uh, on Rotten Tomatoes. Um, so, you know, I think uh, not everything's broken, I guess, is what I'm trying to say. And then um, the critics' consensus is Encanto's setting and cultural perspective are new for Disney, but the end result, end result is the same enchanting beautifully animated fun for the whole family and it's directed and written by jared bush byron howard and Therese castro smith and it's starring stephanie beatrice from brooklyn 99 in the heights uh maria cecilia botero john leguizamo uh diane guerrero who fans of the show might know from doom patrol and orange is the new black and will will wilmer valderrama so a lot of great people in there and um i don't think uh obviously i didn't like do this is unscientific um, uh, uh, perspective on our screening, but I don't think there was a dry eye in the house when we the, when we left the movie. <laughs> I I can't say enough good things about this movie. I feel like a broken record at this point because anybody who will listen to me, and I'm not talking about on air, I'm talking about people, mm -hmm. like anybody I bump into. Have you seen Encanto? Because this was my favorite movie of the year so far, yeah. and. Coming from me, that's saying a lot because DJ, you know how I feel about animated things. That's true. That is true. And this is very clearly not targeted towards 30 year old women in like in any way. You yeah. know, this wasn't, they weren't like, who is our target demo? Mm -hmm. The Roxies of the world who don't love animation and are grown ass adults. But it was my favorite of the year so far because the story is so inspiring and beautiful. It touched my soul. The the voices, this is what happens when you pick, and you just named some bigger, some of the bigger some actors. Some of the bigger the names, yeah, yeah, yeah. But this, it's not like this cast is stacked with A-list voice, you know, A-list actors. This is like yeah. people who really do well with voices. Even Diane Guerrero, when you think about the roles that she's played, yeah. she it has to... Um, uh, she has to be multiple characters on yes. Doom Patrol, you know, so she, yeah. she's really good vocally. So a lot of these things, a lot of these people, they're not just these big household names. They're great at what they do. And then the way it looked on top of it and the music, and then you get Lin-Manuel Miranda involved. Yeah. The whole thing was so great, DJ, that I was upset. This is one of the only times that I was like, how am I not going to watch this again right now? Like, yeah. Play it again. Play it again. You started start from the top. Well, yeah, it's interesting because, and, and also, uh, we talked about Dan Guerrero, uh, also Stephanie Beatrice, who, if you watch Brooklyn Nine Nine, she plays a, plays a very distinct character that you to the point where you would almost expect her to be the same thing in everything. But she has so much range, and and it's incredible to see because, like, when I saw her name, I was like, wait, that was her? Like, what the? 
Um, so you're right that the that the cast is perfect. The, this movie also does a very and, and it's and it's beautiful in not just in the the fidelity of the animation, but like the quote unquote acting, the the performances, the way the characters are depicted, moving and interacting and reacting to each other is very fluid and nuanced. But for me, this does a very uh, uh, key thing when you're making and, and Pixar uh, has traditionally nailed this, and of course a lot of the um, um, creative teams between Pixar and and Disney have kind of like blended at this point. But um, this does something that I really like from all ages entertainment when it, where it is legitimately all ages. Like sometimes you get a movie that's, that's ostensibly targeted for kids and it talks down to your audience. <laughs> Ghostbusters. Uh, but um, uh, oh boy, yeah, but this doesn't. And, and what I also like is that it, it tackles um, uh, actually pretty complex themes about family in a very intuitive and easy to access way. Like in, it's a lot of these movies kind of like, it's, it's like, uh, you know, a bad family has to learn a lesson or whatever. This is a, this is a family that is, that is uh, on paper, like a good solid family. Uh, they got their act together and what this movie kind of unpacks is that even then there's stuff that, 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 um, ideology of trying to do everything right get everything perfect we have to be the perfect family we have to do everything right in its own way can be toxic um and i I think it tackles that in a really interesting way and also when it comes to these at this point i i've i've learned with these like the more modern cg disney movies if you can create a world that i want to live in say that moana or zootopia or any of those where it's like oh that's a place I just want to live. Uh, you're halfway home with me, and um, Encanto is 100 that. Like other, other ironically, than- you just named two other movies that had a lot of the similar creative team as this movie. Well, they've they've got my number. They, they yeah, Moana they, and Zootopia. Yeah, I love I, I love both those movies. Clearly, these people are there are, but but even though I love those movies, this I found significantly more impactful to me. Like I found it very much um, much more emotionally. Uh, which is not to say like this is good and those are bad. It's this this affected me significantly more. Yeah, completely. I I think that I think that if we're comparing this to Disney animated movies that have come out in recent years, it, this wipes the floor with all of them for me. And yeah. I don't mean that like those weren't great, but of Wreck It Ralph and Frozen and. Can't think of any other movies right now. Uh, but Tangled, she, Big Hero Tangled. Six. Yeah. Thank you. The ones that DJ just named. Mm-hmm. This one connected with me so much more. And it was actually interesting, DJ, because I was thinking about it afterwards and I was like, it, usually a movie get, touches my soul because I can see myself in it somewhere. Yeah. Or not always. But I don't even know that that was the case for this movie. Because mm-hmm. I was, after watching it, I was like, Am I so moved because I'm her? No. Mm-hmm. And that's when a movie's really done its job. They yeah. made me care so much about somebody that I actually don't know that I relate to. Yeah. And I cared anyway. I think it was brilliant too how in its opening number, this movie without being like X-Paws, X-Paws, X-Paws mm-hmm. was like, here's what every member of the family's name is, mm-hmm. powers are relationship is in a great song yes and so immediately you know all the players on the board yep it, like within the first 10 minutes of this movie i know i know what's in our sandbox yeah so i know what we're able to play with and that was so smart yeah absolutely that's another thing is that it's it's paced really well because something i've noticed a lot with with more modern animated movies um um, specifically i think of like raya which is a movie i enjoyed but it's one of those like hey here's a prologue that explains everything now the movie starts we're going to explain everything again and here's a character that shows up and just in case you missed it here we and it's like i i'm way on board i get it i get what we're doing i get what the gimmick is and this was very much the way it it doled out information felt very very um uh, intentional and very specific to the point where it's like, yeah, we don't need to go over this a bunch, even though there's, uh, there is a lot of characters and they all have distinct powers. I also like that. Um, this movie is very self-aware in the sense that all these, so in this story, um, Stephanie Beatrice's character, uh, lives in a family, a Mirabelle lives in a family that, um, uh, 
each each family member has a unique gift or ability like shape changing or the ability to hear very far and she's the only one that doesn't um which is kind of like the core conflict of it um and but it's interesting that a lot of the powers are like cool but also like creepy like like uh my wife and i like leaned over like the shape changing kid like he would like to help people he would like become them to like carry their baby or when they when they came up to the to a party he'd become them and I, and i would immediately if i lived there we're like don't do that don't yeah. i don't i don't need you to do that <laughs> but totally. um specifically with the girl that can hear really well they lean into like oh yeah they're there is a creepy aspect to this. Like the, the movie knows what it's doing. Like everybody on board knows what they're doing. Um, uh, again, with the girl that hears really well, there's a, there's a party and there's a scene where everybody cheers and she covers her ears because she can hear really well. So it's like, that would be hard for her. And that attention to detail uh, really helps m- make the movie more engaging. Yeah. And even the kid, even the powers that aren't creepy, they're sad. Yes. You know, like the the girl who's really strong, and mm-hmm. I, I won't give too much more away than that. But yeah. you, or even the girl that's perfect. Yeah, I I really loved the sister the sister dynamic in this mm-hmm. because it was interesting to watch. I felt as an audience member very judgy, mm-hmm. and then I stopped being so judgy when you hear why somebody is the way they are. Yeah, and I was like, oh right life mm-hmm. where you make flash judgments on people because of a couple of interactions and you have actually no idea what's going on with them 100 percent, and i think that's i think you're bringing up a really another good aspect of this movie where it 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 does it's unpredictable but like when it does stuff it's like oh of course like you said because that's the way people work like i found myself um thinking like i i this is not, by the way, this is not a good way to watch a movie. Uh, but I was kind of sitting there as the movie like really got me. I kept waiting for like, okay, so, but when is it going to get bad? Like when, when I'm like, I'm really digging this movie, but so when is it going to get bad? And there's, there's parts where it's like, hey, we're going to head in the, the direction you expect. And I'm like, okay, so here's where it kind of becomes generic. And then it would swerve a little bit. And I'm like, oh, this is it. And that, I was like, I kind of don't know what we're doing now. And then they unpack. I'm like, oh, that's actually really, it makes sense. It's completely organic to the world. But yeah. I expected this movie to be more predictable. And it's not doing that. Um, yes. I, I wonder, I don't know if you remember this, DJ, but when we've talked about before, like what makes you cry in a movie? Mm-hmm. What I have talked about, and, and this has come up in Star Wars, and in a lot of the movies, when people join together to come save the day, like when you think that you're screwed and a bunch of people show up to support you in movies, 10 out of 10 times that gets me. Mm -hmm. That's the thing. That's the number one thing. When, when like you think you're an Island and then you discover all the things you've done in life made it so that you were on an Island. Yeah. And that was like, not where I, was ex- I wasn't expecting to be so moved. And I, like you, was watching this and I was like, I don't know if they're going to be able to stick the landing on this. Yeah. They've set up a lot of things that I think are amazing, but how are they going to stick it? And then I felt like they stuck the landing on this in a way that was so beautiful. Yeah. And poignant and realistic. Mm-hmm. I know that that's the dumbest of the words that I just chose, but in this world, this was a realistic scenario. Yeah. Like a, like a believable, earned. yeah, earned, yeah, 100%. Yeah. Earned. It was, it was earned. It felt right. Um, it felt true to everything that it had set up. It wasn't, it, it was a, a positive ending, but not like too easy. Not like, oh, well, we just kind of hand waved all the conflict away. It's like, no, it's the, we, we earned this. It does, it does the work. It does what you want these movies to do. It's really engaging. There's a short in front of it. That's also great. And also is actually dealing with like, kind of complex familial issues i i like that i'm really impressed it's something that that um the animated series avatar the last Airbender does really well it's like all the toy story movies, especially the later toy story movies where we're like hey we're, we're speaking to younger audience members but we're actually going to be unpacking stuff that is that is true about life and kind of complex but we're going to do it it's it's a it's just an interesting yeah uh, it's just it's cool. It's cool when movies can do it. This is a great one. Like Roxy said, this is one of my favorite movies of the year. 100% did not expect that going into this. Had like no expectations. I was like, ah, oh, it'll be fun. You know what I mean? Whatever. Uh, and was blown away. It was just genuinely blown away. Yeah. Yeah. Shocked. Shocked. And everybody in the theater felt like that. And then afterwards, I went to Rotten Tomatoes. And there was only one person who had negatived it or, or said that it was rotten. I'm going to find that person. We're going to find him. We're going to whisper talking to him. I feel like he didn't watch it. We're going to make him watch it again. We're going to make him. I'm going to find him. I'm going to force him to watch it. 
But yeah, that was the other thing I was worried about was like, come whenever you come out of the theater with like a strong feeling, you're like, oh man, what's the vibe going to be like when we leave? You know what I mean? And everybody else was super positive. I'm like, hell yeah, good. I don't. Everyone claps, DJ. They did. At the end of the movie, it wasn't like one of those. It wasn't a premiere. Mm-mm. It was a screening and everybody clapped. It was a screening after people had already seen the movie. Like reviews had already come out at this point. Like like it was it's it, people have been seeing this for a minute, but they everybody still clapped. So good. What a good Thanksgiving movie. Yes. 100%. Yeah, great great Thanksgiving movie. If you're the type that takes your family to see a movie on Thanksgiving, can't recommend this one enough. Uh, if you're avoiding theaters right now, which is understandable, I believe it's coming out on Disney Plus a month after its release. That might not be accurate. That's just what I heard. Um, and I'm just spreading that misinformation. So I guess look for yourself is what I'm saying. Um, so uh, yeah. the other thing that's coming out at Thanksgiving is the first two episodes of Hawkeye. And we're going to dive into that now. But before we get into that, Here's a gosh dang another ad break because we need to put food on the table. Dang it. Turkey. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. We are back, and we are here to talk about the most anticipated Marvel show slash movie ever in the history. Of, we're talking about Hawkeye. It's uh, we're talking about Hawkeye. The first two episodes, I did not get the names of the episodes, so we're just going to call them Episode One and Episode Two. Um, so, going into this, Roxy, I want to check with you because I know when we watched WandaVision, Wanda uh, is uh, is was your favorite MCU character. Um, going into that, where does Hawkeye, Clint Barton, Jeremy Renner is Clint Barton. Where does he fall on the spectrum of the Marvel character, MCU characters for you? Meh. <laughs> Meh. That's the best way that I can describe it. Is it is he? Because I know he gets a lot of lot of shit for being the worst Avenger. And I kind of, I kind of think that's fair. Like I think Hawkeye in the comics is pretty cool, and it's nothing. It, it, this statement I'm going to make is not about Jerry Maron or any of that. I just I think Hawkeye in the MCU is kind of kind of one of is at least one of the weaker characters. Yeah, it's just hard. I want to defend him from previously, <laughs> but I feel meh. He's yeah. meh. He's fine, but he's not annoying to me when he's on screen. It's not like Doctor Strange where I have a visceral reaction to him. Mm-hmm. He's he's meh. He's so a man, man. You're you're very excited for Spider Man No Way Home. <laughs> I am, but geez, <laughs> it's made it difficult for me. Um, so this series picks up uh, after, obviously, after Endgame. The synopsis of the series based on the Marvel Comics superhero Hawkeye, centering on the adventures of uh, young Avenger Kate M. Bishop, who took on the role after the original Avenger, Clint Barton. That's a little weird, but it roughly accurate. Uh, yeah. Of course, it's starring Jeremy Renner as Clint Barton, Haley Steinfeld as Kate Bishop, Tony Dalton uh, from Better Call Saul as Jack Duquesne. Vera Formiga as Eleanor Bishop, uh, Linda Cardellini as Laura Barton, um, and other characters that we will get to in a minute. Um, And right off the bat, going into the first episode, a smart choice I think the show makes um, that that still surprised me is how much that first episode is focused on Haley Steinfeld as Kate Bishop. It's very much like, it's very much kind of like, hey, this is her show. (laughs) DJ, are we spoiler free right now? We are spoilers because while we're okay. recording this early, by the time this episode drops, the episodes themselves sh- should have aired. So this is—I'm glad you brought that up because uh, if you have not yet watched the episodes, uh, get out now or watch them. Or if you don't care, stick around. Whatever, do what you want. I'm not going to tell you what to do, but we're going to spoil it. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. I, I'm with you. Where I was pleasantly surprised, it was kind of the opposite of my Ghostbusters feel. Like, why are you focusing so much on the kids? And this was like, oh, that's exactly, we need to, not that Haley Steinfeld's a child, but yes. we need, that's where the focus should be. I'm also a really big Haley Steinfeld fan. So after Edge of 17, I've just been wanting to see the the next thing that made me be like, this is the girl. Yeah. And I think that she is perfectly made for this because she's believable, but she's goofy. Mm-hmm. And that's right. 
That's yeah. the right choice here. Like yeah. she, you, you believe when she's doing all the things that she can do them, but be, you believe when she Fs up that she also would do that. 100%. I it's for me she is absolutely the standout. I do think this show does um some commendable effort to try and flesh out um Jeremy Renner's Hawkeye. It is interesting cuz I feel like his Hawkeye has, has had to have had more screen time than um Elizabeth Olsen's Wanda and yet as we started like fleshing his deal out I was like well, I feel like I know this character less. I feel like like uh, I feel like I know less about this character going into the show than I did Wanda which is wild to think about. Um but Yeah, well for a minute I was like how are we even going to combine these two stories? Uh, we were really living in two different worlds and I was like does he know Vera Farmiga? What is like where is how are we doing? So let's get into it. Let's let's go through the episode a little bit. Um, uh, like we talked about, we meet um, Kate. We open in, with Kate Bishop. We open in 2012. So in 2012 in New York. So we know immediately the second that title card shows up, we know what's going to happen. Uh, we see Kate as a kid. Um, uh, her mom and her dad are fighting. Um, and do you uh, think DJ on that note though that there's a single person watching this who this is their first because it is a Disney Plus show. It is starring Haley Steinfeld. Yes, it's a completely different demo than a lot of the things. Do you think there's anybody watching this who was didn't know what that was? I, you know, law of averages. I'm sure somebody. Yeah, yeah. Um, but I think even through through like think about how much um, pop culture information you know without necessarily having seen the thing, you know, it just bleeds in because it's such a pop part of pop yeah. culture. I imagine that you at least if you did that date didn't immediately like oh this is what we're doing. Um, but the second the alien show, you're like oh, okay, well Avengers, right? You know what I mean? Even yeah. if you haven't seen, you're like okay, Avengers. Um, so uh, of course here she uh, her parents are apparently wealthy. She lives in the which in, she is in the comics as well. Um, uh, her the place they live is uh, fucked up by the Chitauri invasion. Um, she sees Hawkeye do the one badass thing he did during that fight. Um, uh, and after this, it appears that that um, da- her dad, um, played by uh, Brian R.C. James, has died. That said. Even watching it, I was like, "Well, there's no way we didn't see a body." There, there, you, I, I don't know. I don't like know what that actor's been in, but I recognize his face. Like, that's not that. And also, when I went to go pull information from this, he's credited in every episode of the show, so he's like a cast member. <laughs> yeah, I kind of wish I didn't look at some of the credits in this cast. Yeah, because some of them kind of surprised me with how many episodes some people are in. And mm-hmm. I was like, "Oh wow, that person's sticking around." Yeah, yeah they life. are there. So Dad's going to show yeah. up again. Uh, but I do think we're going to do something interesting with Dad because she. <laughs> Uh, some of the writing in the show is not necessarily the most organic, let's say. Uh, and so the, she's like, young Kate's like, what would you do in a hurricane? It's like, that kind of felt like it came out of nowhere, but whatever. And dad's like, I would protect you. I'm like, oh, dad's going to end up being a piece of shit. <laughs> yeah, I remember that moment being like, okay, yeah. I'll note that. Yeah, cause- sure. Because also, like, it just, you know, you watch enough of it. Roxy, we've been watching a lot of TV for a long time. You know, just the, the vibes that guy was giving off. Like, oh, this guy's kind of a slime ball. Like, I don't, I don't, I don't believe in this guy. I don't trust him. Um, what do you think about her mom, though? I fear of Mike. I love her and everything. I, my only, my only issue is, is kind of an issue. And, and this is probably unfair, but like casting like that, any casting like that in, in a Marvel property, it's like, wait, we're going to waste Veer for Mike on the mom? Like, that's, we're going to cast Veer for Mike. As the mom, we're not going to have her be like somebody. <laughs> yeah, but maybe we don't know what's going to happen with her. That's a, that's a good point. But but what did you think? I think that she's awesome. I'm really liking her in this role. I'm glad that they stayed true and made this a rich family because I think that it does make it more complicated. In that one speech that the mom gives, we're like, you not only grown up, not only do you think you're invincible, but you're privileged. Yes. And as somebody who has at some point been neither of those things. Let me talk to you. And I think that oftentimes we try to show a lot of superheroes. I mean, of course, there's the there's the Iron Man's of the world, but but especially child ones where they have lost their parents. They're broke. They're stealing for food. Mm -hmm. You know, they're Aladdin, essentially. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And in this situation, it's like or very likely you are able to do what you're doing and get away with it because you're a rich kid. Mm-hmm. And yep. so 
that checks out. And I also like, I like that line you said, but I feel like that's, that's why you cast a Veer for Mike in that role to like sell that believably. Like that line yeah, where yeah, she's yeah. like, hey, shut up a second. Here's, here's what I'm going to tell you. You're like, oh yeah, I buy that because of you. And like, you know, uh, you deserve some respect. You're a ghost hunter for crying out loud in the Conjuring movies. I, I respect you. Um, so uh, speaking of the what led to that line, we fast forward to, I think it, she's in college, right? Because she says in episode two, she's 22. Yeah. Uh, which I was glad. I was like, oh, good thing we're not trying to pass Haley Seinfeld off as like a high schooler. No, yeah, she's and then an her adult. mom had to pay the university off because of all the stuff. So she's in college. Yeah. So she she fired an arrow at the most, apparently the most fragile church bell, uh, tower bell that has ever existed. Because like she just hits the little bell knocker thing and the whole thing just collapses in on itself which god thank god she is rich because that would it'd be ruinous for any other person <laughs> it would ruin your whole life you would be sued into the earth yeah like what but that was a little you got to suspend your disbelief because like why does a bell doing what a bell does <laughs> break an entire tower? Yeah, if they not like run that, but is that like uh, notoriously that's a bell that we never use? They like have speakers to make the bell sound, but like don't actually use the bell; it'll fall apart. <laughs> yeah, like ridiculous, but okay. Also, sure. her two, her two friends mm-mm, mm-mm. don't run. Uh, yeah, which also like. Like, cause you're right. It's not like she does. She literally, the arrow like wraps around the like pull cord and it just, it just does the bell thing. That's all it does. That's nothing. It's not like an explosive or anything. Anyway, whatever. Um, uh, so, uh, meanwhile, Clint is on holiday with his kids. Uh, he's in New York, kind of unsure why mom's not there, but whatever. Um, uh, I guess they could only get Lena Cardellini for like a couple days. So it's like, we're not going to fly her out to New York. She needs to be home for most of it anyway. So whatever. Um, uh, they're seeing Rogers, the musical on Broadway, which, and they leave about halfway through, which I'm like, yeah, that, that tracks. I don't know if I'd want to sit through as an, as an audience member of the show. It's hilarious. As like, if I lived in that world, I'd be like, Oh geez. <laughs> yeah. I hear you. I hear you. I thought that that was really well done though. We had seen it in the trailer. Mm-hmm. And I, I thought that this played better than that did. Yeah, and I and I do like uh, we we it's a ch- second to check in with him because obviously he sees um, a variation of Nat in the performance of Black Widow, and he has feelings about that. And I and I like that his kids, specifically his daughter, his kids don't suck. I like that. Like I, his kids are like believably kids, but not like annoying. Uh, yeah. And then the movie ships the show ships them off. I'm like, great, because you did this was perfect. <laughs> but strange when the one daughter's expo expose line she's like but everybody misses her mm-hmm. but she was your best friend mm-hmm. like, in case you forgot <laughs> like, okay thank you for that reminder yeah i wasn't if, if oh shit wasn't i wasn't clear, aware if that wasn't clear from the mcu then they didn't do their job mm-hmm. it's too late <laughs> well again for the one person that they're in is hawkeye we need to be reminded <laughs> Could yeah, you imagine totally. if your first MCU thing is Hawkeye and they're like talking about like, yeah, half the world vanished and now we're back. What the fuck? Yeah, but I agree about the kids not sucking. It's not like they were like, dad, why are you so upset right now? It makes perfect. I love this play. You know, they yeah. Kind of just like, yeah, they weren't yeah, like, that was stupid. I love the little kid being like, why are they dancing about what happened? Like, <laughs> that is a, a great question. It is. It's one of those, like, as a fan of Marvel stuff, you're like, oh, a musical would exist in that world. It's like, but would it, though? That's kind of yeah. like, they're, it's like Alien 9-11. Like, would you make a rollicking musical about, like, people died. <laughs> yeah, I'm pretty sure people would try, though. We've made tons of movies about them, so. That's true. That's true. Yeah. Um, so, uh, back to Kate. Uh, we're introduced to uh, Mom's beau slash uh, soon-to-be fiance, Jack, um, who's clearly a bad guy. Um, uh, dude. And... They're at like a uh, like a party dinner thing, and there's a soiree. Sw- perfect soiree, <laughs> and there's a black market auction going down there. And it's one of those like I watch the shows, and then as I was putting my notes together, there's things that happen that I was like, wait, why did this happen? I, like I don't remember. Like, and is it a wine cellar? It, it's like a wine cellar, and then she sneaks down there, and she sneaks down there because she's spying on Jack. Right? Is that what's happening? Yeah. Sure. Yeah. Okay. Um, so it's a black market auction. And they sell a triceratops skull. Cool. They've they're, now they're going to sell the uh, Ronin attire from that that Clint wore in Endgame. Which how did they get a hold of it? Whatever. Uh, also confused because they make it. The point is that they say that nobody knows who he is because still nobody's seen his face. Yeah. But then throughout the rest of the show, anybody who sees him recognizes him as Hawkeye. 
Yeah, so I guess he kept the mask on as Ronan, and so nobody uh, put two and two. I, I, and I was also a little confused. I'm like, how famous? I listen. I get it. The Avengers are celebrities, but like, are they really? Are news programs really putting Clint Barton's face up when they're talking about the event? It wouldn't just be like a group shot or something. Like people, would you recognize Hawkeye on site in that universe? You know what I mean? Right. Not sure because to me, it's kind of like Congress. Yeah, like I don't. Some of them, like I'm, I'm sure people would recognize Steve Rogers. Like that makes yeah. sense. Uh, Tony Stark was already a celebrity before that, sure. But like, especially Hawkeye and Black Widow, it's like, yeah, you guys were like the covert people. Would your faces be all over the fucking place? I don't know. Anyway, they have. And anytime somebody would say to him, "You're my favorite Avenger," I would think to myself. Oh, they're lying. Yeah, 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 they're, yeah. They're clearly lying. They're trying to make him feel better. Good. I've for never him. met one person who said that. Which, by the way, there is a lot of um, a lot of homages, specific homages to um, Matt Fraction and David Aha's um, uh, Aja. I, I hope I'm pronouncing that right. Uh, their run on Hawkeye, which is interesting to see. Obviously, there's Marvel references in all these shows, but to see them so specifically reference a specific run is very interesting. To the point where Matt Fraction, I think, is a consulting producer on it. Um, which is which is very cool, and that comic very much leans into like Hawkeye's the worst adventure. Like that's kind of the bit, and I and I kind of wish the show leaned into it a little bit more. But whatever. Um, uh, the auction is attacked. Um, uh, Kate takes the Ronan garb uh, and uh, to to deal with the robbers who are the anybody that's read that Hawkeye run. It's the tracksuit mafia. They get a name drop later. Um, in that garb, she also saves. Um, uh, pizza dog uh who's also from the comics a little golden retriever that's that's kind of messed up um and she ends up on the news which is how clint sees her uh and i will say like uh, we, we do a lot of work to establish like listen kate has been doing archery she's been doing sword training she's been doing ever since avengers she's been she's been uh, doing martial arts stuff and literally the same day i watched this show i rewatched shang chi uh with my wife and you get to the end where what is it Katie is able to whatever the Aquafina's character is just able to destroy the cosmic dragon with one arrow after practicing for a day. I'm like, Kate Bishop's working too hard. Clearly, it's not it's not that difficult. <laughs> totally, totally. So with you. Uh, uh, the, the also, like, do you recall how much power Hawkeye's suit has? I don't think any. Okay, so why? So the the martial arts stuff. Yes. Like, some of like what Kate's able to do, I'm like, okay. <laughs> Listen, she got her black belt when she was 15. Which, by the way, I got I, my, I got my black belt when I was 13. Suck it, Kate. Uh, Whoa, you <laughs> uh, uh, So uh, yeah, uh, yeah, they, yeah. It's it's uh, she's able to do some pretty pretty crazy stuff. I also don't quite know what we're trying to accomplish because it seems like everybody in the auction is kind of an asshole. So it's like, why? Who are we protecting from what? Like, what are we trying to? Also, I've got to mention they before the, we get to the outfit, they show Ronan's sword, which I guess can suck into itself, and the blade is like at least twice the size of the hilt, but somehow it all fits in fits into the hilt. It was one of those. I saw that, and it was immediately like bullshit like what how does that and and this is in a universe where iron man is apparently carrying around 500 pounds of armor in his little heart unit by endgame so like whatever i don't know why that bothered me so much but i was like ah whatever um, i get it it bothers you it bothers it, bothers, you. it just it stood out um so uh she and this was another one she follows i can't remember the character's name she follows jack's uncle to his place for a reason I can't remember. And he's dead. He's been stabbed to death. Uh, we learn later that she thinks by a sword. I don't know how she determined that, but whatever, again. Uh, and uh, during this, she was tracked by the tracksuit mafia. And she does her, She does a pretty good job holding her own, but she's overwhelmed. And Clint ends up rescuing her. And that is where we end episode one. Going into episode two. Um, so uh, Clint and Kate meet. This is where you're talking about, Roxy, where like clearly... Uh, you know, Kate's pretty open that Hawkeye's her favorite Avenger, which she's probably the only, only one, and that's because she saw Hawkeye during. Uh, she, apparently, she didn't see any of the other Avengers do any other cool things. She just ha- saw Hawkeye do his just one cool that. thing. Blinders on, <laughs> and she's like, "That's my guy." Um, anyway, and I will say in the comics, Kate's a huge Hawkeye fan too, and even that's like, "Wait, Hawkeye?" I mean, I'm not sure. You know, whatever. Um, totally. Uh, 
apparently Kate is doing very bad at losing a tail because the tracksuits follow them to her apartment, followed her to her apartment earlier. Uh, they start throwing Molotov cocktails. Uh, both Clint and Kate escape, uh, but they leave the Ronin suit behind. And they use Kate's aunt's home um, as a safe house, uh, which I kind of felt like when they were doing this, I felt like we were trying to build up to like, should I know what? The, oh, no, it's just her aunt. It's like, okay. Um, yeah, oh, sure. Yeah. Also worth, something or? Yeah, whatever. Also worth mentioning, Kate, yeah. Kaylee Seinfeld's fashion throughout the these first two episodes is is pretty great. I, I, yeah. I like the direction they're taking Kate in. And different, and it made sense with the with the waitress stuff, too, because they kind of, but, like, so much more swaggy. But I yeah. get why. Yeah, it's cool. Yeah, she's, she's got good style. I'm into it. Um, and this this baffled me, Roxy. What we're going to get into now, the subplot in this episode was like, well, this is what we're doing? All right. Uh, so... Clint goes back to the burning building. Uh, I guess some of the firefighters just left their stuff lying around, you know, like you do when you're fighting a fire. And he picks, it, <laughs> he picks it up, disguised as a firefighter, which, again, I don't know why you couldn't just walk up and be like, I'm an Avenger. Can I go in? And they'd be like, yeah, sure, I guess. Um, uh, he goes in. The suit's gone. He sees that uh, one of the fire trucks has a LARPing bumper sticker on it, which I didn't know you could put personal bumper stickers on the fire truck itself. Whatever. Um, and he, you know that role models is my favorite comedy, so I was like, oh yes, anything with LARPing, Bring love it, it. God, role models is so much fun. I really love that movie. So good. Uh, it's so good. And he goes to a LARPing event, uh, uh, apparently populated mostly by cops and firefighters, which sounds like a blast. Uh, <laughs> One way of putting it. Yeah, yeah. it's great. And I, I like the, like, not giving his information, everything. It was just a funny bit, like, because some of the show was funny. Yeah, and it's interesting. Well, again, this is where we kind of, like, in this moment, uh, earlier, um, Kate is talking to Clint, and she's like, your whole thing is not, you're not you don't give a lot. And so, like, you're, you're you're trying to sell hope or whatever, and you're not giving people a lot to work with. And I was like, is this that is that his thing? That's not a bad thing to have. Like, it, it, in that moment, I was like, I'm kind of interested to see what we do with Hawkeye here. Because it's like, and that was the moment where I realized, like, wow, I really don't know what his character's... He's got a family. He's a bow and arrow dude. Beyond that, I kind of don't know who this character is as a character. And I'm, I'm kind of interested to unpack that more. Yeah, which I didn't think I was going to get from this show. Which and, I did. And we also get um, in this sequence, obviously, when he's in the Rogers musical, he turns his hearing aid down. Uh, this was a moment when, when, where they're talking, Kate asks about it. Like, she goes, wait, you, you've got hearing loss. How did that happen? This was a, I, I love this moment where, where we flash to, like, all the times, like, Clint's been, like, hitting the head uh, throughout the movies. And he's like, it's hard to say. I was like, that's perfect. That's great. Because how you wouldn't know. Like, the life he leads, there's no way you would know what, what caused that specifically. And usually a show would, like, try to shoehorn in some kind of answer. Yeah, it'd be like a flashback. Like, and that's and I think that's, those are the moments. It, it's a tricky tightrope with the Marvel stuff. Because, like you said, like, who is watching this show? Who might be watching the show that is not well versed in the Marvel stuff, and that, that's a challenge these shows have. On the other hand, you do have the, you don't need to invent a backstory for stuff. You've already got hours of content, a backstory that you can shorthand. Like we don't need to invent a reason for Clint to have a hearing loss. Have you seen an Avengers movie? And he's not, he doesn't have armor. He's not a super soldier. He's just a dude getting smacked around by gods. There'd be damage. There'd be, you know what I mean? Like we can just shorthand that in a, in a pretty effective way. Um, mm-hmm. Also in that exchange, as they're dropping off uh, Kate's mom's work, which Kate works for her, which also, it was, it was, it was one of those that's kind of lame, but also nepotism. Like if that actually tracks, it makes sense that she would. Um, and her mom runs a security company, which is probably going to become more important as the show, as the series goes on. Um, anyway, uh, Clint in, in, as, as on the fence as I was about this whole LARPing situation, I kind of like the way, cause like clearly Clint's able to just go through this pretty easily like this isn't a big deal for him and he gets to the guy that has that supposedly has the the ronin suit and the guy's like dude let me have this win this is this is my one opportunity where i get to be like you i Uh, get this moment yeah it works it's 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 weird it's it was weird that like we're doing a larping thing in the middle of an mcu show but the interaction like works totally and i like it too because it does another similar thing that that's one of the reasons i think anthony mackie's 
uh, Falcon, now Captain America, is one of my favorite MCU characters is because he's kind of just a guy. And it feels like we're trying to do that a little bit with Hawkeye. I also like when they're in Times Square and there's people dressed up as the Avengers and uh, points one of them like, well, there you are. He's like, that's Katniss Everdeen. That's not, nobody's dressing up as Hawkeye. <laughs> yeah, 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 completely. So yeah. it's humanizing. It's, it's, it, and, and I think this is definitely the best stuff we've gotten with Clint Barton so far because it is so humanizing. Uh, I agree he, with that. I don't think anybody, I don't think anybody can see this and disagree with that. Yeah. But this is by far and away the best stuff. Also, just because I haven't said it yet, and I don't think you have either, I really like these two episodes. Uh, I I like them fine. This didn't really wow me. Like like I remember how the first two episodes of like Loki or WandaVision or or uh, you know like wowed me, um, and this didn't kind of like it was like okay, this is fine. The good mm-hmm. thing about that is all those shows I just mentioned kind of fall apart by the end. And so it's like, oh, maybe this is a reverse. Maybe it's like maybe it'll get better as we go. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like maybe totally. uh, it'll tighten up. But but I definitely I, I'm in, I'm interested. I'm definitely interested. And I and I and for me, the big standout of these episodes is 100 percent Haley Steinfeld's Kate Bishop. Like it's immediately like the second she's on there, it's like, oh, I like what we're doing with this character. I like this character. I'm excited to see this character in more things like. Yeah, me too. Um, completely. So yeah, yeah, and I think it's smart that they dropped the first two because the second one is the one that made me more interested in what's going to happen next. But yeah, yeah, keep going. Sorry, DJ. No, no, you're fine. Uh, Just the- jumping all over the place because I realized I liked this and I, I. <laughs> Had not said that. Um, the person he defeats, by the way, says his name is Grills and that he owes Hawkeye one, which is a 100% this character is going to show up again. Uh, he's a firefighter. He's useful. He's going to show up later in the show. Um, meanwhile, while all this is going on, um, uh, Kate is hellbent on proving that um, Jack is lying to uh, her mom. And so she challenges him to a fencing match. Um, where he's clearly letting her win, but which, by the way, the, Jack is a character from the comics. His name is Swordsman, so he 100% is letting her win these fights. <laughs> yeah, for sure. For he's sure. like, this is his one thing. Swords are his one thing. Also, it's- and how annoying is that for her? I like that. Like, I like that. that she's, I like it too. Me yeah, too. it's it's a it's a great character moment for her that it's not like, yeah, I won. It's like, no, you're lying, and that bothers me more than me than me beating you. You know what I mean? Yep. Absolutely. Um, uh, it's also worth mentioning that in the comics, Swordsman is one of the people that trained Hawkeye um, how to fight and everything. Um, so uh, the, uh, uh, Clint Barton's Hawkeye. So so I think we're, we're moving around a little bit. He's becoming more of a Kate Bishop antagonist, which I think works. Um, and I like that actor a lot. So like, gimme, gimme. Um, Da-da-da, uh, da-da-da. Um, so this is another moment, Roxy. Maybe you can help me. Clint lets himself be kidnapped by the tracksuit mafia. Mm-hmm. I don't remember why. <laughs> uh, I felt like they had a better plan because then when she comes crashing in, it was like, what is happening here? But I think it's to protect her. Oh yeah, the kind of like end the like hey let's let because they one hundred percent know because they they say her name repeatedly her name is on the door when they attack yeah. her apartment they know who Kate Bishop is yeah that's what it is he's trying to he's trying to like clear things up and, and I, do- I get why that was not clear though DJ because I I'm reading between the lines with that one yeah um, and um, uh, it's it's worth noting that that Clint is very clear about the fact that like he. Uh, did bad things when he was in Ronin. And so a lot of criminal organizations are not fans of his. And so like, he's left a lot of wreckage that it looks like the show's going to unpack more, which again is, is cool. Like I I'm into that. Um, uh, da, 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 da. Uh, so like you said, it looks like Clinton 100% has a plan. Um, he's even undoes the ropes while their tracksuit mafia is distracted, but Kate tracks his phone somehow using the tech mm-hmm. her mom makes rich, rich, rich people shit yeah sure uh it feels like an invasion of privacy but what you know whatever um and but i believed it sure yeah right fine yeah it's fine and so she goes to save him and of course like whiffs it like she just falls through the thing because she doesn't have uh superhero training yet um and it looks like the tracksuit mafia are answering to echo play uh the character Maya Lopez um played by Alaqua uh Cox um who we now know is she's getting her own this character's getting her own Disney Plus show 
And that's where we end the episode. We, we reveal her. Um, uh, I will say that, um, so in the comics, Maya Lopez is um, uh, a Native American uh, character who's deaf, who's raised by Wilson Fisk's kingpin in the comic, which is why all the speculation that Vincent D'Onofrio is going to show up in the show. Um, and the actress, uh, Alakwa Cox, is of indigenous descent and is also deaf. So, like, they're, they're doing the work, which is really good. That's really cool. Um, but we don't really see enough of her in this episode to like, I, I don't know. What do you think about in the future? Um, well, it's interesting because, um, Maya Lopez also was a, was Ronan at one point in the comics. I believe she wore the Ronan mantle before Hawkeye did. Um, so there's a connection there. Um, I don't know. Uh, weirdly after seeing these first two episodes if Vincent D'Onofrio's Kingpin showed up I actually genuinely would be surprised I just feel like this just doesn't feel like the show that's going to do that but like uh, I've been surprised before it, it feels like that's going to be the Mephisto of this of this show like when's Kingpin going to show up and it's like well maybe he just won't like maybe he won't <laughs> yeah totally uh, I, I think that there's a lot of different directions that I could go and I, I, I that's why I was excited about the, after the second one because we just don't know yeah. What do you, what would you, uh, you, you said you liked the episodes. What would you like to see them do moving forward? Cause it's 10, I think it's 10 episodes. No. Yeah. That seems I, like too I many. like, I like the, I know, I don't know if this is too big of a spoiler to say based on IMDb and based on trailers and stuff. I think it's okay to, to put this. Well, out. and I'm going to assume what you're going to say is a teaser of a, of a movie that came out this year. That's already been out for a minute. Yeah. Tease this. So, yeah. I say go for so it. that. Yes. So, yeah, I mean, like, to me, I'm really excited about some of the dynamics that we could possibly get here. Uh, and seeing that Florence Pugh is slated to be in, I think, four episodes of this show. Oh, dang. That's a lot. And yes. it's clearly going to be, you know, not an ep- it's not a one episode arc. So oh. the fact that we've got that going on, I'm really excited about what direction that could lead into. Um, and... Haley Steinfeld's dynamic with Jeremy Renner, obviously, I just want to see more of. I like the tracksuit mafia. I think it's kind of <laughs> funny. I, I think it's kind of a funny group for us to be sticking with. So more of that. And uh, just I, I'm, I'm hoping that this show is not just set up for the future. I hope that we yeah. actually get something out of this show. Yeah, because it is, it is. We don't quite know where we're going. We're setting up something with um, um, Jack, um, Jack Duquesne. There's something going on there. And something that, as you were talking, I, I realized like the stakes right now are appreciably low for a Marvel thing. And it'd be cool if they stayed that. Like, like, I don't want, like, so it's six, I said 10, it's six episodes. So I don't want an episode five, like, uh oh, uh, Jack has a nuclear device and he's going to wipe out New York City. Like, no, dude, we don't need any of that. It could just be Clint just wants to get home for Christmas, which, by the way, another thing I should mention that I do like when I remember in Age of Ultron. When we introduced Hawkeye as like a family man, it's like, oh, that is not the way it is in the comics. That feels weird. I think it is really effective here because it does um, uh, in the comics with Clint and Kate, they have to work around the fact that like there's not going to be any like romantic thing going on between the two, especially with the age disparity and all that. Like, because I think in the comics she is a, a teenager. We're not going to be doing any of that. This show doesn't need to do any of that because he's he's got a wife and a family, and so it's like it, we it don't. It would be so fucking weird. Yeah, if that's it, the direction they went in. I would just be no, no. And I think this Hawkeye as like a father slash mentor figure is great. I think that's a really great direction to take the character, and I think it really works with the Kate Bishop character. I think establishing Kate having having kind of a dicey relationship with her dad sets that up, and a really I think it's a re, it may, it's it's just smart for this version of Hawkeye, and I and I like that this show might actually make me like Hawkeye, Jeremy Renner's Hawkeye, which is, which is kind of exciting. <laughs> yeah, I know it would be crazy if we come out of the show somehow being like Hawkeye, one of the better MCU characters, <laughs> something that I never pictured saying. And I also, um, I also like yeah. with the idea of Yelena showing up, like you said, Yelena was one of the highlights of the black widow movie. Seeing her, seeing her and Haley Steinfeld bounce off of each other. It seems uh, very exciting. I'm very looking forward to that. Do you think, we will get uh, Kingpin or anything else like that? Or is this going to be, like I said, like the Mephisto where everybody's expecting it and it doesn't, it never materializes? I think that, 
one or the two, one or the other. <laughs> or the uh, other. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. What do you think, DJ? I it. it it doesn't feel, and I don't know, it's hard for me to articulate. I, I just have a hard time envisioning Vincent D'Onofrio's Kingpin existing in this show. Like the tone of this show just doesn't feel like, and obviously it would be a different version of Kingpin. It's not impossible. It just doesn't feel like, it just, it, I, it, it would, I feel like it almost take me out of the show. It's like, I'm oh, this. I think of tonally like if it would almost make him feel like a parody. Yeah, because it's like, this is the guy that took a dude's head off with a car door. This guy. <laughs> yeah, just kind of like a weird, yeah. Because if we do, yeah. if we do. There was something really light about this show. Yes. There was something really like endearing and cute about this show. Yeah. And I, I wasn't necessarily expecting that. And he is not those things. Yeah, because it, the, it, and, and I think there's a way to do it. If you do it, if you do it, he needs to be the big bad of the show, and it, and the show needs to treat it with the gravity that like, oh shit, just got real. They need to treat mm-hmm. it like fucking Doctor Doom showed up or whatever. Like, oh shit, just got real because this guy showed up, and he doesn't need to be. He he will not be. It's a Disney Plus show. He will not be as violent as he was no. on Daredevil. That's not going to happen. But like the gravity that a character like that should bring with them into a show like this, the sh- the show needs to acknowledge that. And I don't know. It's not that it can't. It just doesn't feel like what we're doing that said as we already know echo's getting our own show he could show up in that that would make sense like we could drop hints that the echo's backstory is the same as in the comics um uh so we could show up there um before we go real quick we're gonna wrap up but i do want to get in one question from uh um uh from the discord uh we didn't get a lot but we got this we got leonard kim i envision Haley seinfeld absolutely crushing the role as kate bishop with the mcu growing exponentially do you think her presence slash role in the mcu can be significant or will she be a bit overshadowed no, I think it definitely is going to be significant. Yeah. I think she's going to be super well liked. And then I think that we've got young Avengers. And then I think that we were putting together an entire team of like this bad at the Florence Pugh and Kate Bishops of the world or Yelena, Yelena yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, of the world. And that's the future of, you know, we've got a lot of people in the, at this age group, like Spidey yeah. even, you know, like, who knows? So Yes, I definitely think she's going to be a big player. Also, of the Young Avengers, of the people that populated the Young Avengers team that we have seen on these shows, Haley Steinfeld is the one legit. She's a star. She is a movie star. And, and yeah. as opposed to the other ones are kind of unknowns, like she is a movie star. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so, like, I, I, that's in, that has to be intentional. <laughs> right. Totally. Uh, definitely. I, I just yeah. can't, there's no world in which she just doesn't play a big role in the next phase. Yeah. So those are our thoughts on Hawkeye. Let us know what you think. Roxy, where can the kids find you? They can find me everywhere at Roxy Stryer. That's where they can find me. DJ. <laughs> you can find me everywhere at DJ Talks Trash. You can follow the show everywhere that matters at Only Stupid Answers, but on Twitter, Dang up that was from stupid. If you want to listen to episodes like this early or watch them live or check out our new show, Spider-Versity, you can do that at patreon.com slash only stupid answers. And I hope you all have a wonderful Thanksgiving. And we will see you all again soon. Bye, everybody. Bye.